0: It is Tuesday, December the 27th, and the Feast of St. John the Apostle and Evangelist Do not, I repeat, back, back off, do not throw your Christmas tree out yet It's too early, you just put it up the other day For, I mean, you got 12 days of Christmas at the very minimum So uh, enjoy it while it lasts, annoy those neighbors with your bright lights still While they're all taking them down, you're just like getting into the groove, praise be to God Speaking of which, Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto Institute is going to be on at 15 past the hour. Did you know Paris is on fire right now? Like, there's riots going on over there, um, and they're not related to the greatest sport known to man called football, or as Adrian would say, soccer. But nonetheless, uh, we're going to talk to him about what's going on in Paris. We're seeing riots and unrest and chaos in other parts of the world as well. Hitchborn will join us 15 past uh, 95%, according to a new report out of Ireland, of parents, 95% of parents with Down syndrome babies choose to abort their children. They choose this on their own accord, according to this report. We're going to have that conversation with Dr. Joe Poyman, Uh coming up at 35 past the hour. There's also a story in the news about Plan B getting a relabel. Uh, so to, you know, let people know, hey, this isn't an abortifacient. Oh, no, no, no. You can buy this. It's good. It's fine. New new trends in the pro-abortion efforts. Joe Appointment's going to join us at 35 past the hour. Coming up at the top of the next hour, I'm going to share with you the top 10. The top 10 report from Rand Paul's annual Festivus report. Over $482 billion in government waste. Good times. I'll give you the top 10 wasteful spenders at the top of the next hour. Do join us. Southwest Airlines canceling 75% of flights due to their massive winter storm that's just hit our country. In fact... The death toll has climbed to over 50, 27 of which in western New York. Let's pray for everybody affected by this incredible storm that has hit a major emergency there in western New York. Hey, the IRS has halted controversial new rule requiring reporting of $600 payments via platforms like PayPal, Etsy, Venmo, Airbnb, eBay, and others. Praise be to God. That's good news. California loses another 300,000 residents in 2022, but have they gained three? I don't know, The Carlos is moving back to California. Uh, Rudy says he doesn't want to come back this week, so I don't know. I guess more on that later. And here's a bit of good news. Actor Neil McDonough. Pop quiz. Adrian, do you know who Neil McDonough is? Yes, it is uh, Neil McDonough. Uh, Name one
3: film Neil's been in. Oh, I thought you were talking about Neil McDonough the musician. No, the actor. Oh. Neil McDonough. Oh, (laughs) yeah, uh, he was (laughs) in uh, Rugrats. Was he? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea
0: who he talked about. Never heard of this person before. Okay. You would have seen him in uh, Band of Brothers. He was in that. Uh, I didn't see that. Neil McDonough played various villains in several Hollywood films. He was also in uh, Captain America. Oh! I looked him up. I know exactly who this is. The Bowler Cap? He
3: was in uh, the Arrow TV show
0: okay there you go That's what I'm uh, he's been That's in it. a bunch of stuff over the years praise be to god he's also a committed catholic and husband father and uh he and his wife have said you know what enough is enough we're going to create a new production company that not only makes uh films uh with uh, with a conscience but does so with catholic value and does so to give glory to god
3: and he was in sonic the hedgehog praise be to god thank you neil uh, we need more of that, not less. We need more. Praise and he narrated Oh Holy Night as a guest narrator yeah. for the Mormon Tabernacle you Choir. Call us. I'd love to have you on to talk about that. Hmm. Anyway, a Merry Christmas to you, Adrian. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was wonderful. Praise be to God. I had a great time. Went to Midnight Mass. Uh, was falling asleep during the sermon. <laughs> uh, I don't know why Father decided that he was going to give a 45-minute sermon for Midnight Mass. And they cranked the heat up we, everybody? No, no, Woo! I wish. It wasn't even hot. It was cold in there, but it was it was good. Praise be to God. Yeah. They um, got home at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. I did not make it to 8 a.m. Mass. I was going to try to make it to all three Masses, but mm-hmm. I was too tired. I oh, went yeah. to 10 a.m., and that was good. So praise be to God. I had a blessed Christmas, my family was all together, so all together, just a great time, so don't let Joe's bad news get you Mm -hmm. down, just Mm -hmm. think about the Mm -hmm. Incarnation and how great it is that we have so wonderful, so mighty a Savior. Amen, praise be to God.
0: I wish they had uh, not turned the heat, they cranked the heat up because it was cold, freezing outside, but then it was like warm. And uh, late, and so everybody. No way! I had my overcoat on during
3: mass. (laughs) I was like shivering in in
0: church. Yeah,
3: that would have been nice, but no. But praise be to God, midnight mass. Oh, and congratulations Mm -hmm. to my friend's daughter. He uh, had his friends. My my friend's daughter just got um, received her first communion. She was baptized, and uh, so she had her first communion. On Christmas Praise Day. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: amen to that. All right, let's pray. Let's get into We have much to cover today. Do share us with a friend. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headlines. The Blaze reports, cease teaching and practicing the Catholic faith or close your doors forever. That's what Catholic schools were told in Michigan. A Catholic school in Michigan filed a federal lawsuit on Thursday against state officials over sexual orientation and gender identity laws recently incorporated into the state's Civil Rights Act. The Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish Catholic School and three of the school's families are represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom attorneys in the case against Michigan officials. Under the new law, SHJP and its school's Sacred Heart Academy would be required to employ staff who lead lives in direct opposition to the Catholic faith, speak messages that violate church doctrine, and refrain from articulating Catholic beliefs and teaching its students. And when advertising the school to prospective students or job applicants, they would be forced to have to comply. I told you as if only we had a, a president who was Catholic, it would defend us. But nonetheless. Hey, uh, The Ground is reporting. Frigid monster storm across the U.S. claims at least 50 lives. God rest their souls. Millions of people hunkered down against a deep freeze Sunday to ride out the winter storm that has killed at least 50 people across the United States and is expected to claim more lives after trapping some residents inside houses with heaping snow drifts and knocking out power to tens of thousands of homes and businesses. The magnitude of the storm is almost unprecedented. It spans from the Great Lakes near Canada to the border with Mexico. About 60% of the nation's population was under some type of weather advisory, and temperatures were well below normal from the Rocky Mountains to the Appalachians and the National Park uh, Service. Uh, the weather is unprecedented, including western New York, who many, many, are uh, suffering right now, so please do keep them in your prayers. The Pillar reports retired bishop of French Guiana found guilty of sex abuse. The Vatican has found French Guiana's retired bishop Emmanuel Lafont guilty of sexual abuse and ordered him to observe a life of prayer and penance at a French monastery. The bishop has been accused of sexual misconduct with immigrants whom he had housed in his episcopal residence. The retired bishop is also facing a civil investigation by the public prosecutor's office for human trafficking, a breach of trust and aiding illegal residents. Not sure why he's not doing prison time, though. That's the only question in my mind. A Daily Wire reports substation attacks leave 15,000 Washington homes without power on Christmas. The attacks uh, began at 2.30 a.m. Pacific time Sunday, according to Puget Sound Energy Three attacks occurred during the early morning hours with a fourth incident later reported on Christmas night. Quote, it is unknown if there are any motives or if this was a coordinated attack on the power system, according to a statement from the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. The report stated that the locks at the two first substations had been cut to gain entry. The fence was cut through in the third incident and the method of access in the fourth was not mentioned. College is. One, two, three, four, and there's a series there. I'm calling that a trend. Maybe there's got to be motive behind there somewhere. Those are your headline news.
3: The saints of the day are Blessed Bonaventure Ptolemy and Saint John the Evangelist. Blessed Bonaventure Ptolemy, even as a child, he showed signs of divine favors. But as he grew up, he ignored them. He led a wild and desolate and even sacrilegious life as a young man. For four years, he abandoned himself to a life of impurity and sacrilege. He eventually repented and came back to the church and did penance for his earlier life by all the important European shrines on foot. He then returned to Siena and joined the Dominicans. He died attending plague victims in Siena. His death in 1348 was of natural causes. Let let that be a reminder to us that we can always repent and come back to the church. St. John the Apostle, after martyrdom, the most noble and courageous sacrifice one can make to God is that of virginity and chastity. That is why the liturgical calendar chose the first day after Christmas to celebrate the martyrdom of St. Stephen, model of the martyrs, and the second day, December 27th, to celebrate the feast of St. John, model of virgins. St. John was from the family of David, and therefore a member of the family of the Most Holy Virgin. He was a relative of our Lord by flesh. While the others were apostles and disciples, he was the friend of our Lord. This predilection was because of his virginity. He was, according to the gospel, the disciple that Jesus loved. This simple phrase is enough to give him glory. This love was for St. John the starting point of the other gifts he received. He was, for example, the first defender of the divine word, the Son, as co-substantial to the Father, which was being denied by a heresy. The teachings of St. John on this point soar to the height of the divine Son like an eagle that flies toward the blazing star. If the face of Moses shone with a light after he spoke with God, how much more brilliant and resplendent the face of St. John would have been after he rested his head over the heart of Jesus, where he received secret treasures of wisdom and science. Christ was the son of Mary. When he died, Jesus left Mary to St. John, who on earth could merit such a legacy. The savior could have left the care of the most holy virgin to the angels, but from the height of the cross, he saw his virgin disciple and his chastity made him worthy of such a priceless treasure. The beautiful comment of St. Peter Damian describes this very well. Peter received the church the mother of men, as his inheritance. But John received Mary, the mother of God. Blessed Bonaventure Ptolemy and John the Evangelist pray for us. Praise be
0: to God in all things. The Gospel comes to us from John chapter 20, verses 1a through 2 and 8. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloth there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloth there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloth, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And Augustine would say, Mary Magdalene, undoubtedly the most fervent in love of all the women that ministered to our Lord, so that John deservedly mentions her only and says nothing of the others who were with her as we know from the other evangelists. Close quote, St. Augustine. Pray for us. St. Chrysostom would say, Our Lord rose while the stone and seal were still on the sepulcher. But as it was necessary that others should be certified of this, the sepulcher is opened after the resurrection, and so the fact confirmed. This it was which roused Mary, for when she saw the stone taken away, she entered not, nor looked in but ran to the disciples with all the speed of love. But as yet she knew nothing for certain about the resurrection, but thought that his body had been carried off. St. Chrysostom. St. Gregory the Great points out, but, but this account of the evangelist must not be thought to be without some mystical meaning by John the younger of the two, the synagogue. By Peter the elder, the Gentile church is represented. They ran together because the Gentile world ran side by side with the synagogue from first to last in respect of purity and community of life, though a purity and community of understanding they had not. The synagogue came first to the sepulcher, but entered not. It knew the commandments of the law and had heard the prophecies of our Lord's incarnation and death, but would not believe in him who died. The Gentile church both knew Jesus Christ as dead man and believed him as living God. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're be right back. More Catholic Drive times coming up next.
4: Hope. The Catholic Encyclopedia has much to say about hope. Going online to newadvent.org, we see hope explained as the desire and expectation of future good. Each of us prays and looks to the situations and events of our lives with a desire and expectation that something good awaits us. We pray for the ultimate good, a close and intimate relationship with God. During Advent, we also look to the prophecy candle of hope. The prophet Isaiah foretold of the coming of Jesus. As Christians, we must stay firm in our expectation of goodness for our salvation lies in seeing goodness in people and focusing on our relationship with God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is now. Like a guiding star in the night, hope is born as we turn our desires and expectations to God. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisande.
5: I turned from a recreational
6: drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my
2: family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
0: be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe McLean. so going to be on with you praise be to god coming up at uh, 35 past the hour dr joe Poynman, executive director for texas alliance for life is going to join us to talk about a couple of stories that are in the news today pro-life stories one uh out of ireland an irish hospital keep in mind they're supposed to be catholic over there Uh, 95% of parents with Down syndrome babies choose to abort. The hospital's like, oh, we don't even have to push them. They just make this choice on their own. Uh, Really, that's not a good thing. And then, of course, uh, Plan B gets a relabel. So, you know, more people like, say, Catholics, for instance, might still purchase their products. We're going to talk about that with... Dr. Joe Poinman, coming up at 35 past the hour. Lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Now, Hitchborn was supposed to join us from Lepanto. He just called in sick. So, uh, so pray for his health. Hopefully he, re- he recovers uh, well today. But he's not going to be joining us. But there was a story out of France that I'm not sure too many people even know about. And I look for the stories that you probably don't know about. Here's uh, a headline out of The Guardian. Paris police used tear gas on protesters, decrying Kurdish center killings. Now, you might think, but uh, Joe, there was a protest going on over there after the, the football game, right? After the World Cup. Yeah, there was, but this isn't related to that. But this has been going on now days, and I don't think anybody's really reporting on it. There's just massive amounts of destruction, and it seems to be continuing here. A little bit of the article says police have clashed with uh, protesters rather have clashed with police as they call for justice over the killings of three people in a Kurdish neighborhood in Paris. Several hundred representatives of France's Kurdish community gathered at at a place uh, downtown on Saturday to demand answers over the killings, which they say have left the community afraid. Footage showed some of the protesters holding flags and others throwing items at police who used tear gas to disperse the crowds. The people were killed on Friday when a gunman opened fire at a Kurdish Central Cultural Center. Uh, The Ahmet Kaya Center, on the 10th uh, arrondissement. shots were also fired at the uh, hairdressers and a restaurants in the streets. Three people were wounded, one critically. Police arrested 69-year-old man who authorities said had recently been released from detention while awaiting trial for a saber attack on a refugee camp in Paris a year ago. The Kurdish Democrat Council in France put a call out on its website and social media for people to gather from midday at Republic Square, a traditional venue for demonstrations in the capital. Hours earlier, there were clashes between police and people who had gathered at the scene of the attack. So, there is lots of unrest in Paris today, and this grows beyond Paris as we normally see when it comes to, to uh, communities of Islamic faith around the whole world. They, they sort of join in. So there's a definite issue in, in Paris right now. Unrest. And it kind of, you know, kind of reminded me of some of the things that go on in America. For instance, we saw in the headlines, I want to say it was out of the blaze, Uh, Over the weekend that there was a a gentleman who uh, murdered some folks. He had just been released from prison. This guy right here. uh, You know, he just got released out of prison. He was a violent criminal to begin with. And now he's back in prison. Here's another one here. Career criminal shot man at least seven times while out on bail from Slebendorf's bail fund. I don't understand why governments think it's okay to just release violent criminals onto society. How is this right, good and just government's job is to help protect its citizens from violence, from foreign attacks and the like. Uh, Governments are supposed to enforce the laws and make sure that its citizens are lawful and getting along peacefully. So if you have to protect immigrant communities from violent criminals, why are you releasing them on the on the streets? If if a guy is uh, if he's basically attacked immigrants one year before, releasing them probably isn't a good idea. And they're doing that in France. And that's caused all kinds of problems. But as we read in uh, in the New Testament, there are going to be wars, rumors of wars. Our Lord said this in Matthew's gospel. The world's getting worse, isn't it? The world is just ramping up. We're seeing more and more violence, more and more crudeness, more and more debauchery and debased behavior in the world. Which is why it's Fisher Cut Bay time. Evangelize the whole world or sit back and watch it literally rot down. Here's another story I saw that caught my attention this morning. Marine drill instructors may go gender neutral. I want you to think about that for a second. The United States Marine Corps. I joined the Marine Corps at 17. Uh, Part of the reason why I joined the Marine Corps is because I thought... And I believed the recruiting posters that said, the few, the proud, the Marines. I remember the, the images of the Marines who raised the flag at Iwo Jima. I remember seeing the images of Marines storming the beaches. The, the very fact that uh, the Marine Corps got its nickname of the Devil Dogs by storming the forests in France against the Germans, against overwhelming fields of fire of machine guns. It was the Germans who nicknamed them the uh, devil dog, or the leather necks. We used to wear straps of leather around our necks when we stormed the beaches of Tripoli because the uh, enemy would slash at them with their sabers. Marines were asked to go first into places that no one else would want to go. They were tougher. They were more aggressive than anybody else. And this headline, Marine drill instructors may go gender neutral, I mean, it's literally a bizarro world we live in. An academic report recommends that the Marines drop gender-biased identifying language for drill instructors in the Corps training programs. Two years after the Corps originally commissioned the report from the University of Pittsburgh on efforts to integrate the service, the final product advocates following in the steps of other branches and dropping designations such as sir or ma'am and replacing them with individuals' ranks and surname. Instead of saying ma'am or sir, recruits in these services refer to their drill instructors using their ranks or roles followed by the last names. A gendered identity is prime recruits to think about or, or visually search for a drill instructor's gender first before their rank or role, it reads, according to the Marine Corps Times. You know, uh, this is part of the fruit of communism that spread across the world as our lady warned us in 1917 that communism russia would spread its errors around the world removing the uniqueness of an individual as part of the communist manifesto and we're seeing this played out here around the world with this gender identity confusion I'll never forget uh, standing on those yellow footprints when you get uh, dropped off from the uh, the bus that picks you up at the airport. When when I arrived at San Diego's airport, there wasn't someone at the gate to greet us, to tell us where to go, or what to do. We had no idea. We were sort of wandering through the airport, and we somehow miraculously ended up at a particular door where we waited, no one to greet us, no one to give us instructions, and a bus shows up. And a drill instructor gets off, and you see that guy wearing his, uh, his uniform, skin tight, his Smokey the Bear, his hat, his campaign cover, you know, so low over his eyes, you can't really see them. Just, the, just a slight glimmer in the darkness of his eyes staring at you gave you fear and trembling. And he told you to get on the bus, and you got on the bus. He told you to sit down and shut up, and you did. And then he drops you off at the base. Marine Corps Recruit Depot San Diego and he lines you up on the yellow footprints and this was the first instant that you knew your life would never be the same and you're taught the first thing out of your mouth is sir the last thing out of your mouth is sir and for three months that's exactly what you did but I can tell you for the rest of your life you would never fail to call people sir or ma'am. And yet nowadays, all these many years later for me, I still call people sir or ma'am, strangers, all the time. It is pure habit. And I don't think twice about it, but today maybe I have to. Because maybe, in, am I calling uh, people uh, by their gender? Is that, going to, is that going to upset them? Is this going to offend them? Should we be going along with this behavior and what does this mean for not just our society, which is degrading before our eyes, which is utterly falling apart at the seams, but more importantly, the Marine Corps' readiness, their ability to wage war, their ability to fight and to defend, to, to uh, fight on the air on the land and the sea, to, to wage combat in defense of American citizens and our Constitution is decreasing by the day. We're losing something that is very precious in society. And it's not just because I'm Catholic that I believe that. Surely, natural law applies to all human beings. And this makes no sense. The article goes on to say, "...the report observed that male Marine recruits remained effectively the standard against which the Corps measures all its recruits. The Corps currently has the lowest percentage of female members among the service branches." Corps leaders, however, remained concerned about the logistics of them implementing such changes. Marine Corps Training and Education Command Chief of Staff Colonel Howard Hall told the outlet that such reforms would have to be adopted gradually with support of all the components within the Corps, saying, quote, all of a sudden, we change something at recruit training and recruits start coming in and using a different identifier. It's not something we would change overnight, close quote. You know, it really is an incredible tragedy to see stories like this. It's a symptom of a greater problem, to be sure. I have uh, shared many times about my experience in the Marine Corps, how difficult it is to be a person of faith in the military today. You are completely surrounded. The culture itself is toxic and uh, is contrary to to Christian ideals. And yet, the people I remember the most are the ones who in spite of people like me who who, uh, harassed them, people like me who teased them for their Christian faith, their Christian living, people like me who embraced the world, the flesh, and the devil, it was them that I remember the most. They tended to be the hardest workers. They had the greatest integrity. They really took their jobs very seriously. Whereas people like me in the Marine Corps, we were there for a good time and a short time but not them. It takes saints to live and breathe and operate amongst such difficulty. And the Marine Corps uh, was a place that would fuel your disordered passions more than it would give you uh, the inspiration, encouragement to live that faith. You had to make that determination to, in spite of everything, stand your ground and live that faith and it's just getting worse. It's just getting worse. If you are a parent and you have children who are considering the Marine Corps or military in general, might I suggest you pray and discern that more carefully? Because unless your child is prepared to die a martyr's death and to become a saint, maybe they're not ready to be surrounded by wolves just yet. Let's pray. Let's fast. A but more importantly, at what point do we decide this far and no further? At what point do we decide that we must evangelize this world and save as many souls as possible because the time is ticking and we can hear the clock. The day is long. Hey, We'll be right back. Joe appointments is coming up next. This is Dale
7: Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children... We all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, We do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org.
1: Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
5: Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's
1: The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is Adrian Fonseca here, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Tuesday, December 27th, and on the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens. And now, more headline news. Cursed Modernist Images on Twitter reported that many churches have been adding woke songs or lyrics into their Christmas carols. Uh, God rest ye also women who by men have been erased, through history ignored and scorned, defiled and displaced. Remember that your stories, too, are held within God's grace. They added to the story, God, to the song, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Cursed Modernist Images on Twitter said, Obviously, the inclusionary garbage is bad, but let's not overlook that they removed any reference to Christ who came to defeat the devil's grip on us. Just remember to take your ladder when you go with you to go Christmas caroling so you can reach the high notes. Baptist or the the com reported in England silent prayers can be a crime. Pro life activist was standing peacefully and quietly near an abortion clinic in England. The fact that she might have been praying quietly was enough for a police officer to arrest her. In the UK, the censorship zone measured Measure introduced by Birmingham authorities criminalizes individuals perceived to be engaged in any act of approval or disapproval or attempted act of approval or disapproval in relation to abortion, including through verbal or written means, prayer, or counseling. I guess those guys were serious when they said they don't want your thoughts and prayers. Well, I'm just going to think and pray harder now. Breitbart reported on December 22nd, Joe Biden gave his Christmas address and somehow managed to not mention Christ or the holy name of Jesus. Not once. Come on, man. What are we talking about? The closest he got was whenever he said, we look to the sky to a lone star shining brighter than all the rest, guiding us to the birth of a child, a child that Christians believe to be the son of God. What's his name, Joe? What's his name? Well, we do know not that. We do know that no one can say the holy name of Jesus except by the Holy Ghost. So I suppose it makes sense. Just remember what the prophecy of Isaiah said of Jesus. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Daily Wire reports after True Life Grinch steals Indiana family's food and presents, police save Christmas with donations. A burglar had taken food from the refrigerator and all the family's Christmas presents, leaving nothing for the children to open on Christmas. The police responded to the call, then showed up with an armful of gifts and food to replace the items the thief had stolen. Well, may God bless our first responders during this Christmas season. Say a prayer for them during the busiest time of year for them. And those were your headlines news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Adrian, for keeping us up to
0: date Joining us now via Zoom chat is Dr. Joe Poyman, founder and executive director of the Texas Alliance for Life. Good morning to you, Dr. Joe.
6: Morning, gentlemen. Man, it's an honor to be with you on Catholic
0: Pride Time. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, We are grateful for your time today. There's some stories in the news today, and uh, I would like to get your input on this. One I saw out of Ireland over the weekend. And Ireland, you know, I'm Catholic. Ireland's supposed to be Catholic. You know, we're supposed to be on the same page here, and it's really depressing to see uh, this story, this hospital in Ireland basically said that 95% of their parents uh, who have a, uh, Down syndrome babies have opted to abort their children. They don't even have to pressure them all that much. They just choose to abort their children. This seems like a, a really disturbing story. What say you, Dr. Joe
6: Poyman? It is very disturbing because uh, that was a it, a nation that was, we always thought as a very Catholic nation. It used to have... A protective measure in its constitution that banned abortions, protected unborn babies from abortion. That got removed a few years ago by a popular vote. It was overwhelming. I guess we can maybe call Ireland a post Catholic nation, unfortunately. Uh, it's a shame that people look at Down syndrome as something which must be eliminated by abortion. That's such a terrible tragedy. And, you know, in our country, um, I think that, um, uh, more and more, not enough, but more and more, down syndrome is looked at something which, um, has just people can accomplish amazing things. Um, I'm based in Austin, Texas. As you know, we have a, uh, a, a marathon every year and, uh, through the streets of Austin. And one of the people who ran that successfully was a woman, young woman with Down syndrome. Oh, wow. I just saw a story of a woman who graduated with a bachelor's degree from college. Hmm. I don't know. I remember where that was someplace in the country. Um, and, you know, it, it's a shame that, um, Ireland is is on that same path that we have for so long in which uh it's uh, a um down syndrome is thought to be treated by aborting the child. So yeah, it's a terrible tragedy, it's a waste of innocent human life and and uh, it's it's totally contrary to what we should be as a nation which protects our most vulnerable including people with disabilities. You know, it's we've had so much progress uh recently
0: in the pro life cause of course the overturning of Roe v Wade and the Dobbs decision in the Supreme Court that's huge i mean how many thousands of lives have been saved through through that and yet a story like this i think demonstrates we are we have so much work still to do a society that thinks that a a, a life doesn't count if it has down syndrome and most of them have to be eliminated is a society that's in desperate need of evangelization
6: it really is um the you know, we talk about building a culture of life, but that culture of life has to be pil- built in people's hearts, and that means um, there's two things wrong: one, that a person with disabilities ought to be eliminated, that's ter- a terrible thing. The worst example of that is this: the nation of Iceland, which declared that it had become uh, a totally free of Down syndrome because they had 100% abortion rate of people with. Down syndrome. That's just awfully, that's horrendous. And the second thing is a failure to realize that the baby after birth is the same as the baby before birth. The unborn child is a baby. And I uh, fortunately, in this country, we could not imagine deliberately taking the life of a person with Down syndrome, not legally. I mean, that that clearly is against the law. But why do we not also see that it should be against the law to take the life of anyone, including a person with disabilities, before birth, because it's the same baby.
0: Mm. I think we saw a a majority of Americans, in spite of their political leanings, really was uh, in favor of overturning Roe v. Wade uh, and pushing that back to the States. I I, I mean, it seems like the majority of Americans are pro-life and are up for some restrictions on abortion. And yet it also seems that a majority of americans still think that down syndrome babies uh are a nuisance or or a burden on their
6: lives you know it is uh, american public is is kind of mixed and and we have maybe if you think of it a uh, a big portion of us think that the t- the pie chart that we had in you know um, in cl- in uh, school uh maybe a third of us or more are pro life we really do want to protect unborn babies and that's and and want the law to reflect that there's a third who are just pro abortion and they not only believe abortion should be legal it should be legal up to the moment of birth for any reason just simply because that's what the parents or the mother wants and even if the child we're seeing this in some of the states that are that are allowing um babies to be born alive after abortion surviving an abortion and it's legal to take no measures to save that baby's life, to give certain basic, basic, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, measures to protect that baby's life and allow that continue. And we know that does happen. We have, um, there's an organization, uh, called survivors, which talks, which has more than 400 members. These are people who have survived an abortion. They have the medical documentation to prove it. They have survived abortions and they've gone on to live successful lives but uh so the problem now is that we really have to think about it what i love about your show is you're reaching uh you're reaching the third that a pro-life but you're also reaching a lot of middle ground people that middle third they don't know how to think and it depends how we we portray ourselves so if we be who we are as a pro-life movement we love people we are peaceful we support legal only legal activities and we want to reach people through. um through our education efforts. Um, and we want to provide compassionate alternatives to abortion mm-hmm. so that no woman thinks she has to seek an abortion because she has no way out. That is the pro-life movement. And if we represent who we are to that middle ground people, then we win.
0: Mm. Any surprises this year, uh, with, especially with the, in light of the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Um, Kansas, I think, was surprising to me voting to keep abortion. Like I didn't if you just said, all right, Joe, name five states that will keep abortion. Kansas would not have been on that list. And yet they were.
6: uh, Yeah, Joe, you're so right. Kansas was a huge disappointment and a surprise. They had that popular referendum last summer. It was shortly after Roe versus Wade. And it it had you know, I think you you've had some people on your talking about it um, uh, in the weeks that followed. It was very disappointing the language is a little squirrely. It was a little difficult to understand. I, I would not have written that language on that ballot initiative the way it was, but I think the, the reality is it lost and it lost badly. That was a big surprise and a big, big disappointment. Um, so what does that mean? Uh, that means that um, uh, when we, we have to be very careful when we take this to the public, and when we're trying to reach that middle ground, we better be very careful how we phrase the language and how we educate people about it. Otherwise, it's quite possible we can lose. And that was, uh, unfortunately, a pretty classic example of a a terrible loss.
0: Yeah, we're right up against a uh, network break here in just a moment. Dr. Joe Poyman is our guest. He is a founder and executive director of Texas Alliance for Life. And uh, I'd really love to get more of your take on where Texas stands. What's the uh, temperature for Texas? Uh, There's a big push in the great state of Texas to go more liberal, I mean, every single major city there is blue. So, what is the future there? But also, Plan B gets a relabel. What's going on here? Not an abortifacient? Uh, is it? Is, uh, is this political maneuvering here to convince the, the, the sort of the fence sitters to purchase? I don't know. We're going to have that conversation with Dr. Joe Pointman coming up right after this quick break. We're going to be right back.
2: Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
0: Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClendon. So, going to be on with you, Merry Christmas. Uh, do not throw that Christmas tree out. You're just getting started, okay? You've got at a minimum of another 10 days to totally annoy your neighbors with your Christmas lights and your Christmas cheer, which they have spent and they're done. Pfft, they put the tree on the curb, but not you. You're going full tilt for another 10 days at a minimum. So, enjoy that while it lasts. But, Dr. Joe Poyman is our guest. He is uh, founder and uh, director of Texas Alliance for Life. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Joe. Good to see you. Thank you. So let me ask you about Texas. Uh, There is a huge effort to flip Texas blue. I think people would love to see Texas go more progressive in the next presidential election, for sure. But I know there's a ton of pressure on our major cities in the great state of Texas. Dallas, uh, Houston, San Antonio. Austin is a pretty much lost cause. I'm not sure why you still live there. But uh, nonetheless, there is a huge effort to uh, to force Texas to embrace uh, the pro-abortion cause. Uh, What do you think its future looks like? I mean, is it possible? Uh, Abbott just got reelected, so I guess there's more time. But nonetheless, what is the future in your opinion, Dr. Joe?
6: The the future is um, is a threat uh, and we have to be vigilant. Um, and, And I'm happy to talk about Texas because I think it's a. Uh, an example for quite a number of states, you know, I, I know you have a very national audience and that uh, you're, you're all over the country. Um, so in Texas, we think of Texas, a very conservative state. It's very mixed. And as you say, the urban areas, just like all over the country are very liberal. They have gone from mixed to purple to blue to very blue. And that blue is going into the suburbs. Now that's Democrat versus Republican. But what's frightening is the Democratic party in Texas, like all over the nation have embraced a solidly pro-abortion agenda. Mm. So that when I see blue, I see advocates of abortion. So we have, um, uh, as you pointed out, Joe, Greg Abbott was up for re-election. He's running for our governor. He, he's up, he ran for re-election for the second time, and he won handily. 11-point margin. Um, he ran against uh, Robert Francis. Uh, we know him as Beto O'Rourke. Uh, Beto was well funded, record amount of money he raised. He raised well more than $70 million, much as that was from out of state. So a couple of lessons here. The pro lifers can win. The conservatives can win. Um, but it takes a lot of money. Abbott had, um, more than that, perhaps more than a hundred million dollars he raised. Wow. All that money used for political ads and so forth. Just, just astounding. But the, but also, um, we had to have a really solid candidate. We heard a lot about the quality of candidates. Abbott is a quality candidate. He's solid. He's well, or he's articulate. He's, he knows who he is. He knows what he stands for and people know that. And, and he's, he's, he's right on all the right issues. The beta O'Rourke, um, but the other lesson is he will be funded enormously from out of the state and that can happen anywhere there's so much money out there political money it can come from inside your state or outside of your state so the pro-lifers did turn out that was huge he was pro-life a 100 percent pro-life did not back down completely want to protect unborn babies from abortion had um uh, no exceptions he wanted to protect babies who were conceived in rape uh, or incest he did not. Um, he did not blink in front of those um, those uh, accusations that he was incompassionate. He was very compassionate, compassionate for the mother and the baby, who, of the child who had been raped. Um, so, so we have to. Um, I think that's a really good lesson. But long term, Joe, we have to be vigilant. We have uh, our movement has to grow. It has to continue to educate that middle ground people. Otherwise, our our um, gains are going to just ev- evaporate. And that is a very real real danger. And frankly, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. Sometimes it keeps me up at night. (laughs) I bet it does. I mean, that's the focus of Texas
0: Alliance for Life, right, is to uh, is to work on policy here in the in the uh, great state of Texas. So one last question on that. Uh, The the, the state legislature, where is where are they at on the spectrum of abortion versus
6: pro-life? Well, the elections were successful not only for the governor, but also for our Texas House and our Texas Senate. So pro-lifers hold wide majorities in both chambers. But there is an effort to repeal the pro-life gains that we have made. And of course, let me just step back briefly and just say after the Supreme Court ruled, and it was one of the highlights of 2022, and I think 2022 is going to be remember, remembered, hopefully as prominently as 1973, which after half a, after half a century overturned the terrible Roe versus Wade decision. Texas had a law ready, the Human Life Protection Act, like uh, many of the other states uh, in your audiences have these so-called trigger laws. They went into effect shortly after Roe was overturned and completely protected unborn babies from abortion. Um, our elections went well overall. Um, the and uh, the abortion was not a deterrent to reelecting pro-life uh, members. In fact, I think many times it, it definitely helped, especially in the Rio Grande Valley, which is more conservative, Hispanic, and Catholic. The um, but our legislature is going to begin meeting in a few weeks in January, and there's going to be a big attempt to add exceptions when the baby is conceived in rape or incest. Those are still babies. We have to protect those babies. So, um, we will be working diligently along with the uh, Texas Catholic Conference of Bishops, a fantastic, uh, I mean, very effective on the pro-life issue, very effective. So grateful to work with them and, and to prevent any exceptions in, in a law that would, would allow innocent babies to be, their lives to be taken.
3: Uh, you know, Dr. Poyman, the one thing that I noticed over the Christmas, um, little break we had here, was I was talking to some family and friends and, you know, most of the people that I know are pro-life. They, they love babies. They are against abortion. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the cases of rape and incest. They're going to attack that and try to get exceptions put everywhere for rape and incest. And it's a purely an emotional stunt. But I, I've always I've never talked to people who are pro-life. They still have this this emotional response to the cases of rape and incest. And I was having this discussion just the other day and they were saying at the end, they were like, well, I understand what you're saying, I get it, but I guess, I guess for me it's more emotional. I just can't bring myself to say that I could uh, support banning abortion in cases of rape and incest. How do you, especially for younger people and people my age, how do you get people on, on board with being pro-life all the way?
6: It's it comes down to this, Adrian, and it's what you know the Catholic Church teaches: the unborn child is a baby, and if the if a woman is raped, that is a terrible offense. That is a terrible violent act. If that child is a victim of incest, that's absolutely horrible. And the state of Texas and the pro life movement has a very strong uh, responsibility to do everything possible to take care of that those victims of rape. But we have to remember. There's a second victim of rape, and that's the innocent unborn child whose father is the rapist, but he is still a child nonetheless. And the state of Texas and every state and, and the federal government has a responsibility to that unborn child as well. We have two victims, two individuals, and the best course is to protect the lives of both, the mother and the innocent unborn child. And they're both innocent. Yeah,
0: Amen. Uh, let's let me ask you about this other headline I saw. A Plan B gets new label by FDA to clarify it doesn't cause abortion. Um, I feel like the real shift, and it's been going on now for years, not just in the, in the wake of uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision, but Planned Parenthood and abortion providers have seen the writing on the wall, and they've really shifted to uh, using patients, drugs shipped, that can be shipped to someone's address. We've seen them go into schools and promote this to, to uh, girls in schools, you know, risk-free. Just give us an address. We'll drop it in the mail kind of a thing. And now we're seeing this headline, Plan B gets new label by FDA. This seems to me like more manipulation. But what say you, Dr. Joe Poyman?
6: Well, Plan B is, we in the prolife movement have always made a distinction. Plan B is intended and marketed as a contraceptive, meaning prevent conception, preventing sperm from reaching the egg. Now, if that's how it works, then it is a contraceptive, and it is not an abortifacient. It, it doesn't take the life of an innocent child if conception, fertilization, has not taken place. The big question, and I want to distinguish that from the abortion pill's um uh, drug inducing abortions that are intended for that we all know of RU46 methotrexate some other abortion inducing drugs and texas has made it a felony offense to to traffic those drugs and, and bring them in from out of state or within state and and uh, we're hoping that's a deterrent so that um, ch- uh, women are not trying to self abort in their homes just a, a horrendous thought but our um plan b is is supposed to be and was always supposed to be a truly a contraceptive, preventing by several methods, preventing sperm from reaching the egg. And now the FDA, um, uh, if the FDA has um, has claimed that that really is the only way it, it works, I will point out that a Plan B has always been statistically a pretty poor method of birth control um it it's a It does not work terribly well, and um that may be why Planned Parenthood pushes it so much. They push it so much because uh, you know their clients are taking it, thinking they're protected and end up getting pregnant, and then Planned Parenthood was right there to provide the abortion so i i 'm not sure if it 's conspiracy I think it's maybe just acknowledging that it really is a very poor method of birth control, but it only works by preventing conception. Uh, ovulation preventing ovulation no fertilization takes place no innocent human being created and um, and that's that may be the the true method by which it works uh this, uh this article which i found over at
0: abcnews.go.com says quote plan b uh one step will not work if a person is already pregnant meaning it will not affect an existing pregnancy. The FDA now states in an update online, Plan B One Step prevents pregnancy by acting on ovulation, which occurs well before implement, implementation. Evidence does not support that the drug affects implementation or maintenance of a pregnancy after implementation, that it does not terminate a pregnancy. Close quote. But I think that's the rub right there. There are a lot of people who speak otherwise and say, Well, if it can't prevent the ovulation, it is making it hostile environment for the egg to truly be implanted in the womb, and therefore it is an abortifacient. To me... Uh, there is a lot of debate over this. I'm certainly no scientist. However, comma, as a Catholic, we would be against any form of contraception, right. uh, number one. Number two, uh, I think that this is somewhat of a manipulation of words in order to get those fence-sitters to uh, buy into this.
6: Well, the, the article claims there's more data available to determine that implantation of that newly created human embryo. They they use the term fertilized egg. It, you know, let's let's be honest. This is a human being. It's a human embryo, yeah. and uh, they claim there's new data to show that it does not prevent implantation if fertilization has occurred. They're not making the data available, so I'd, yeah. I'd like to see those data to really see if their, if, if their statement is correct. All right, Dr.
0: Joe Poyman, we are very grateful for your time. Merry Christmas to you. You can visit his website, texasallianceforlife.org. dot org for all of the incredible work they are doing. But that's going to do it for hour number one. Coming up at the top of the next hour, I'll share with you the top 10 wasteful spendings of big government by Rand Paul and so much more. GRNOnline.com.
6: Planning on shopping online this year for Christmas? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you do your Christmas shopping online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN.
1: Just go to amazonsmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give some extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network during the holiday season. I had a personal experience that was life-changing for me. My husband of 21 years decided to leave um, our family, me and my girls, and um, in the midst of the absolute horrible heartache, I happened to be flipping through the radio one day on the AM channel because I didn't feel like listening to music, and I happened to find Catholic Radio. And ever since then, I have been tuned in religiously And I feel like I have a really, really
2: strong hold to the Catholic faith. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank those listeners who have supported Catholic Radio financially over the years so that we could be there when Terry needed us. If you would like to support your Catholic Radio station, please visit grnonline.com and you can click on the Donate Now button. Again, we sincerely thank you for helping us to be there for Terry and everyone else that needs God's love.
1: Hi, I'm Jenny Granero from the St. Cecilia Catholic Community. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
0: Already done, so it is now safe to decorate your home for Christmas. So, uh, enjoy. Go wild. I know your neighbors for at least 10 more days. That'd be wonderful. I'd love to know what you got for Christmas. What was your, uh, your favorite gift under the tree? I would surely love to know that. Adrian, what was your... your What what'd you get that you really loved? Brand new I, truck? Yes, yes. Trip to... Uh, Brand new truck. Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And like, What uh, do your parents get you for Christmas? Oh, uh, they got me
3: a castle. Oh, okay. Uh, makes preparing sense. for my kingdom. Yeah, I was going to say. All right. Now, where would that be located? Uh, don't worry about it. i uh, oh, sorry, uh, It's a secret it's, for now. It, oh, yeah. I see. Okay. I, I mm-hmm. cannot disclose the information until further notice. But
0: I'm, I, if I had to guess, knowing a guy like you, it has to be like an island, someplace. Mm, well, you're assuming ocean. that it's just
3: one, but okay. Like a secret uh, layer you, bunker. You, sh- you should not assume that it's only there's only With, one like, of them. Like robot there's, drone. There's probably several sentinel aircraft throughout the country. Oh, I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. But you know, mm-hmm. uh, do you know what Good King Wenceslaus' favorite type of pizza is? Good King Wenceslaus's favorite type of pizza would have to include kielbasa sausage. No, no, no. It's not even close. It's no? it's deep pan crisp and even. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dead jokes—they're in the house. Oh man, good Wait stuff right to there. The good stuff right Pengeance there.
0: Vengeance is mine. Christmas—the Lord. Christmas puns—it's <laughs> my favorite.
3: It's my uh, favorite.
0: Speaking of uh, favorites, guess what's coming up? Is the uh, 2023 car raffle for the Guadalupe Radio Network, which includes a beautiful uh, CLA 250 this year. It's in—it's uh, in. I think they call it. It's uh, some sort of white color, like an Icelandic white or. I can't remember the the actual flavor of white that it comes in, but it's creme.
3: It's It's creme. It's beautiful.
0: It's a beautiful car, and you could win. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash, I think it's raffle, if I'm not mistaken. Just if you go to the grnonline.com, you'll find a link to it, and you can find information about how you can get your car raffle tickets to support the GRN. You uh, might want to call your local GRN, station manager, though, and ask them how to get your tickets, because uh, you want to support your local radio station, and uh, helping them by buying tickets and selling tickets for them would be an amazing thing that you could do to be a part of our radio apostolate. Again, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle for the details. Praise be to Jesus. Yeah, guess what gift I got? Um, you got a biography of Bernal Diaz. <laughs> yes! I know. Yes. You read my mind. <laughs> you are a man who knows my heart. Or I would say in the group chat that you're in. I, and you also also <laughs> saw the post I put in our, our telegram group, which is always great to see our telegrammers hanging out with us. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Merry Christmas. We appreciate seeing you here. T-Storm's in the house. Uh, Tammy's over there. Damon's over there. Good morning and a- a Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, but, yeah, my wife uh, got me uh, a copy, both volumes. It's literally four inches thick, over 800 pages. This journal from Bernal Diaz, who was a conquistador, who actually not only served under Hernan Cortez, but he went to the two expeditions before Hernan Cortez to the Yucatan, to Mexico, and he saw action. He was wounded many times in the years that he served as a conquistador. And later in life, he wrote his his journal. And let me just tell you how much I love this thing so far. So good. So all the myths and misconceptions that you would have, you have been taught by your friends, your family, and your school teachers about those evil colonialists who came to, to enslave the populace. On page, chapter one, page two, Bernal already says, neither God nor our king compel us to enslave a free people. That was like page two. Like, boom, there goes that myth. Mm, sounds made up. There goes that myth. Sounds made up. And then, as he's talking about the, the, the first two expeditions to the Yucatan and to Mexico, uh, they're being attacked and murdered and wounded by the native peoples, and still they say, well, let's try to be make friends out of them still. Nonetheless, even after they battle, they still try to create a friendship with them and enter into... Uh, Commerce with him essentially, and not, not, not dominate them, not take them over, and the It's so good. It's just so good. And then he has a whole chapter on uh, refuting the history written by a man by the name of Gamora, who. Uh, hmm,
3: Gamora, we should do a whole show on that. What do you think, Adrian? Oh, yeah. Uh, we know somebody <laughs> that wrote a book about it.
0: Yeah, we do know
3: somebody. Let's At, talk to someone else <laughs> about it,
0: though. At any rate, this uh, this uh, Spaniard by the name of Gamora wrote, wrote a uh, history that he just trashes. And apparently in this history comes a lot of those rumors about uh, infanticide, about war crimes and all the rest. And he's like, it's utter bunk. It's utter nonsense. I was there. So good. So, so good. So I'm, I'm already, I think I'm 60 or 70 pages in. 800 left to go. Opa.
3: Yeah. That's I should be done good. by the end of the week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of impressive. I'm not no, going to lie. Not I'm not going to lie. I, My favorite gift was a tie. Specifically the one I'm wearing right now. Oh, it's a, this lovely. A gift. I got Very a bunch lovely. of ties. I'm at that age where I get yeah. excited about ties and socks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old ties man Ties and socks. Well, so speaking of wasteful spending. Uh, No, I'm teasing. It's not wasteful. It's a beautiful tie. But nonetheless, I don't know if you follow Rand Paul, but every year he puts out a Festivus report where he documents uh, government wasteful spending. And now we're at $482,276,543,907 in government waste. Is that a lot of money? And I would like to share with you the top ten. Rand Paul Festivus Report, Government Wasteful Spending Report, if you will. So uh, maybe the, some of these will be surprises to you. Maybe they won't. Maybe you were like, yeah, I saw that coming. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll count down. I wish we had top ten countdown music. Top ten. Done. The top ten. Number nine. No, we're going to start with ten. Number one. Oh, number ten. Coming in at number ten of the most wasted tax dollars. Your and my hard-earned money spent in government <laughs> Funds watching hamsters fight on steroids, what? according to the NIH. This was a project out of the NIH. You remember uh, Fauci and his organization? They spent three million dollars, three million dollars to uh, watch hamsters fight each other while on steroids. That's n- that's at number ten. <laughs> it only gets better from here. It's it gets- not a joke. <laughs> yeah,
3: not a joke. It's not Babylon B. <laughs> no, it's just not
0: okay. coming in at number nine on the uh, top ten. Rand Paul Festivus report. Uh, number nine, helping illegal immigrants avoid deportation from the Department of Homeland Security. 168, uh, I guess that's million dollars to help illegal immigrants avoid deportation. Number eight on this list. Uh, now, this one, I mean, I don't even know why we're talking about this. Only $187,000 spent on this one. Oh, so pocket, pocket change. Yeah, like, golly gee whiz. That should be a petty cash fund. Uh one hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred dollars spent on verifying that kids love their pets. What?
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I could have mm-hmm. just done that for you. <laughs> you. I'll take half of that, <laughs> right. and I will could, yeah. I will let you know. <laughs> could you imagine? I'll take a poll. One
0: hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars to know whether or not kids love their pets. I can assure you, they do not. I'm very curious. They, they love As the idea of pets. The okay. reason.
3: Why? Uh-huh. I, I'm like like they had to have like some kind of made up justification yeah. for this. Well, the reality I, is know why. Kids
0: love the idea of pets. They like a cute puppy. They don't want to clean up after the puppy. They don't want to have to. Feed. Six months well, in, they don't even know they still have a puppy. Well, it's I'm mom more, and dad I'm are more dealing concerned
3: with the puppy. about the fact that like, what like, what's the what was the reasoning behind why mm. they needed this? Mm-hmm. Like why Stop. did they need this study? Stop asking questions. Uh, come and get it. Number seven. What?
0: Number seven on the list. Five hundred nineteen thousand dollars using mice
3: to study racial aggression. Are you? <laughs> I, this is just,
0: I'm not making this it is, up. This is, this this is, is made up, dude. You're getting
3: trolled. This, this is, is no, no is on way. The this list. is real. I don't know what mice know about racial aggression, but nonetheless, do, do mice? Can mice distinguish race? We spent five hundred nineteen thousand dollars
0: to know and study racial aggression. Under mice. Well, did we at least learn are mice racist? I I guess. We're told everything is racist these days. Uh, Coming in at number six on this list, $1.1 million. Now we're getting into more serious money. Uh, I mean, $3 million was uh, was pretty bad for uh, steroid-induced hamster fighting. Uh, but uh, $1.1 $1. 1 on training mice. I'm seeing a trend what? here about What is their obsession with mice? <laughs> $1.1 million on training mice to binge drink alcohol. <laughs> what? <laughs> on, Why? Uh, you just tune into CNN's uh, New Year's uh, Eve coverage. You'll get all the binge drinking alcohol you could ever handle. But nonetheless, <laughs> we spent $1.1 $1. 1 million of taxpayer money, according to Rand Paul's Festivus report, uh, that's, number, that's number six. Number five. So we're halfway through this list already. Uh, coming out of number five on Rand Paul's Festivus report, the NIH also wasted a significant amount of money. That includes $2.1 million. Get it? Ready? Encouraging Ethiopians to wear shoes. What? Well, Ethiopians don't, don't In- like to wear shoes. So the NIH said, you know what? We need, to, we need to spend some so, tax dollars. So we're
3: spending $2 million to mm. get Ethiopians to wear shoes. Meanwhile, yeah, right. we have Americans mm. spending a butt-ton of money to uh, mm-hmm. wear shoes that feel like they're not wearing shoes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minimalists. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, well, I you know, I've encountered several uh, homeless folks that don't wear shoes. Maybe that tax dollar money could have been better
3: spent here domestically versus in Ethiopia. Also, it's not... Giving them shoes it's saying mm. it's encouraging, encouraging them to wear yes. shoes. So it's like, like a propaganda. Billboard campaigns. Yeah. Hey, try shoes. shoes. Like, let them not wear shoes, man. Shoes. The new barefoot.
0: Try it. I I foot, not barefoot. I, I don't know. Yeah, who, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure what <laughs> campaign they went with there. But nonetheless, uh, that was $2.1 million to encourage them. Imagine if they had given us $2.1 million, what we could have done with the money.
3: I'll wear shoes for $2 million. I
0: would. I would have definitely put shoes on. I'll wear whatever
3: shoes you want for $2 million. Absolutely.
0: Coming in at number four, now we get into some Department of Defense spending. And uh, surprisingly, they didn't spend this money on uh, trying to get uh, Marine recruits to stop using gender identifiers. But nonetheless, the DOD also spent $192,952 on what the report describes as the the top-of-the-line Starbucks espresso machines. Oh,
3: well, they're only the best. I mean, only the best for our honestly for our soldiers, honestly sailors. That's airmen. still better use of money than the other one you've listed so far. Yeah. Okay.
0: 192. Uh, coming in at number three on this list, again with the Department of Defense, they spent roughly 28 million taxpayer dollars on forest-patterned camouflage uniforms. To use in the deserts of Afghanistan. Aren't we outside of Afghanistan now? Well, okay, the key here is they spent $28 million on forest-patterned camouflage uniforms when they were wearing them in Afghanistan in the, the deserts. Desert. Huh. Which they discovered afterwards probably wasn't the wisest choice. And but, they had to come up with something different. But also... In more tax dollars were spent. We're not even in
3: Afghanistan anymore.
0: Um, right. Right. <laughs> okay. That was a good one. Hey, uh, coming in <laughs> at number two on this list. Number two on this list. Uh, $3 million from your federal government spending your hard-earned tax dollars on the construction of a Gandhi museum.
3: Why? Because
0: we needed one. We didn't have one before, did a we? A I mean, it was a glaring oversight. Now, the good news is it's only $3 Why does
3: the U.S. Government? government care about Gandhi? Uh,
0: because we didn't have a Gandhi museum before. Now we do, Adrian. I want a, a,
3: so,
0: a museum for um, mm-hmm. Father Marhill. I see. I see. Well, all right. Uh, so uh, there was, those were the top nine. Coming in at number one, can you guess? If you had number to guess, one. the number one over, uh, wasted amount of tax dollars spent on stuff that probably doesn't need to be spent on, what would you say would it be?
3: Oh, I don't know. The uh, income for the all the House of Representatives and Senate. (laughs)
0: Ouch. (laughs) Burn. No, uh, you'd be off. Uh, You'd be off. We're back to the NIH now. Does that give you any clue? Uh,
3: Torturing puppies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not far off. Okay. okay. you're getting very, very hot. Okay, coming in at number one on the top ten number of uh, Rand Paul's annual Festiva's report is $2.3 million used by the National Institute of Health for an experiment involving, wait for it. Puppies. Injecting puppies with cocaine.
2: Why do they hate puppies so much? And mice. Why?
0: Why the puppies? It's <laughs> so bizarre. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Hey, all right, coming up after the break, we're going to play a twisted version of Fear and Trembling, where you just got to know if I'm telling the truth or not. It's super easy, it's super fun, and you can win prizes. Call right now, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. Call right now. right
7: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? Simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child. Gold, that he should be crowned like a king. Frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god. And myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.com. Org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it. And suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at (laughs) chesterton.org.
0: So much for fear and trembling, Adrian. You had one job, sir. And now, your host, Joe (laughs) McLean. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic (laughs) Drive Time. And fear and trembling. We actually are going to play the game, Uh, even if you're not around anymore, because it's Christmas week and you're still on vacation, sleeping in your pajamas that you've been wearing for three days.
3: But otherwise, we're going to have a good time. They've only been wearing it since Christmas. They got the (laughs) the jammies on Christmas Day. Yikes. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're going to play the game here and
0: trembling, But we're going to play with a twist, and I'll tell you all about it. But if you would like to play the game and play with us, have a good time, possibly win prizes, now is your chance. 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. Waiting for your call right now at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Uh, Adrian Fonseca standing by to take your call. Oh, I got to tell you about the uh, Bishop Fonseca in Bernal Diaz's journal.
7: Not a good guy. Oh.
0: Not a good guy. It couldn't be that bad. Keep that in mind. 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. But there are a few things we do on the down low, the QT on this game show. And uh, maybe this week, I don't know if the, if if uh, there's enough people, we'll play the game.
3: But if, if not, nobody calls, I'm just gonna give whoever says the nicest things about me the the, yeah. the, the ticket. Sounds totally fair. Like mm-hmm. uh, you're just gonna. I am not biased. Very I'm not
0: biased. I am mm-hmm. very equal. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see. I'll get that number one more time: eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. But it, without Rudy Carlos standing by, uh, we are gonna have to uh, twist the rules slightly. Oh. So what we're going to do is we have three questions. Adrian's going to ask me. I'm going to give you an answer, and you have to decide whether or not I'm telling the truth or not. And, of course, as you know, I'd never lead you astray. That's just you can trust me. Out of all the team here, I'm the only trustworthy one on the team. So uh, that's how we're going to do it. Now, the bottom line here is there's benefits to this. You You could laugh. You could learn. You could win. Everybody gets something out of it, and somebody gets everything out of it, praise be to God. And it could be you. And uh, we don't ask those callers the questions. Instead, I'll give you the answers, and you just simply decide whether you agree or not. Now, the prize pack this week with Rudy Carlos being out, I threatened him. I said, listen, unless you get back here right away, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force you to fly at your expense to uh, the winner's uh, house and give them a free photo shoot for Christmas. But uh, I don't know. I, I got a cease and desist letter on that one. Nonetheless, we do have a CDT price pack for you. I have in my personal collection Some of those original CDT mugs. Yeah, you thought they were all gone. Turns out I have a stash. I will mail you an autographed CDT mug this week, along with a book and a prize pack of goodies, which you could get if you play our game and if it be God's holy will that you should win. So that's the deal there. Adrian is the one coming up with the questions today. Good morning to you, Adrian. Are you ready?
3: Oh, yeah. I am a-OK. Okay. famous? So are you ready is a real question. Words. I don't know.
0: Let's go to our phones first. Michelle, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Michelle, where are you calling from?
1: Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, Texas.
0: Justin, Texas. Just Texas. Is that where the boots are from? Are like, are you world famous uh-huh. for Justin boots?
1: <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Oh, hey now. Well, it's Justin. Michelle's on with us. Um Do you have like an in over there? Can you like uh pass a message along? It's like, listen, I love your boots. I like the huge <laughs> holes at the top that allow me to get them over my fat calves. However, comma, if the, the, the sole is just a little too thin, and I have to replace them 17 times. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, they're fantastic. Now, Merry Christmas to you, Michelle. I know you're not responsible Maybe. for all the, everything Justin Boots does, but nonetheless, I can still hold you responsible. Uh, <laughs> what did you get under the Christmas tree that you love most?
1: My family, uh, basically the grandkids and the great grandkids.
0: Ooh, man! How many? How well, do they uh, fit in one of the trees? Yeah, like uh, we're talking like was there twenty, twenty five, thirty five <laughs> people
1: uh, hanging <laughs> out at your two house? And two <laughs> <laughs> nice. Two greats and two grandchildren. Yeah.
0: Oh, wonderful! Praise be to God, Michelle. And uh, okay, dessert. What kind of dessert action do we have at Grandma's house for Christmas?
1: Too much, but we did the turtle pie. It was Oof.
0: really good. Ooh. We're going to need some samples, I think. We're going to need to judge this, for sure. I'm on my way to Justin Texas yeah, right now, actually. right away. We're going to dispatch Adrian to pick up these samples. Now, uh, Michelle, all kidding aside, do you know how this game is going to work today?
1: Um, I know that I get a multiple
3: choice when you ask the question, right? Okay. Um, that is true. So we're modifying
0: the rules because Rudy's still on vacation. Yeah, I'm not sure who, uh, okay. who approved that. But nonetheless, uh, Adrian's going to ask me a question. I'm going to give an answer. And you have to decide whether or not I'm being truthful. Do I am I giving you the okay. correct answer or an incorrect answer? And then you go into the coffee cup to win this week's prize. Are you ready, Michelle? Okay, I'm ready. Super easy. And, and just remember, I'm the only one you can trust. <laughs> I'm it. Don't so, it. good luck. False. All right, news. Adrian. See you. you ready? Let's do it.
3: All right. Well, we got crushed in numero uno. I see. Yes. Okay. Yes. Again with the French. Uh, no. Why, why would okay. you think that's French? Not French? No, that's no. German. Oh, yeah, Deutsch. Yeah. Numero uno is, ja is German for, for ja one. Bol. Number one. Okay. Which is, which religious order did the arch-heretic Martin mm-hmm. Luther belong to mm. when he was a Catholic? Oh, super easy. Mm. Dominicans, of course. Order of preachers.
0: Oh, Dominicans. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well. I mean, it, it makes sense, doesn't it?
3: Oh. Uh, I will uh, cease uh, from what? commenting. I will <laughs> go over to Michelle. Okay. Michelle, Joe seems to think that mm-hmm. the arch heretic Martin Luther uh-huh. was a Dominican friar. <laughs> Is Joe McClain a liar or a mm-hmm. truther? What say you, what? Michelle Vaughn?
0: Sorry, what? Try what?
1: St. Dominic started that, so I'm, I'm wondering maybe that would be false. I don't know that St. Dominic came into play yet, so that's, I'm going to say false because of that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are correct. However, uh, the St. Dominic founded the Dominican Order in 1217. So uh, Martin Luther came a scene in 1517. You're saying I was right then. No, Martin Luther was an Augustinian. He oh, was an Augustinian monk. So, he was not, so you're correct, Michelle. But the Dominican Order did, in fact, exist, though, at that time.
0: Yes, that was super tricky, and you didn't fall for it. You're in the cup. You might win, Michelle. Very, very (laughs) impressive. Praise be to God.
3: That goes over to question numero dos. Oh, again with the German today. German? What wait, do you think that's German? What? Sorry? What? No, no. no? That, that's Italian. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, it's Italian for number two. Uh, yeah. Sorry. When well, People well. People get confused. I understand. Okay. Uh, what is the third of the five precepts of the church in the United States? Oh, a tricky question, mm-hmm. Fonseca. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, what is the third of the five, or as we would say, foomph? precepts of the church in the United States. You're speaking Elvish. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and
3: say we're expected to go to confession at least once a year. Okay. Well, Michelle, Joe McClain seems to think that uh, the third precept of the church in the United States is go to confession at least once a year. What say you, Michelle? Is he telling the truth or is he lying to you? We're supposed to do that, so I'm going to say yes. Wow. We got two for two
0: so far. Michelle, do you play poker at (laughs) your house? Because I'm willing to bet you clean up. (laughs) In Elvish, that's a dose for dose. I have no luck. (laughs) Uh, Well, you're doing great. You're in for two. I mean, you're really uh, doing a fantastic job this morning. I'm blown away. Um, Third third
3: question. I don't know. What do you you say, Adrian? Uh, This could be the trickiest of all. One might say that this is, in fact, the trickiest question we've ever had. Mm. One might say it. It's probably not true, but one could definitely say it. Wow. Well, that goes us to a numero trace. Trace. Yes. Oh, wow. What language is that one? (laughs) That's Icelandish, obviously. Icelandish. Everybody knows numero trace means the number three. In Icelandish. Is that what they know? Uh, Everyone knows it. Everyone. What is the name of -hmm. the church built over the vault where Jesus was laid after his death? The church
0: built over the vault. Well, this is a... So this is one of those questions Mm
3: -hmm. where the answer is inside the question. Uh, Maybe. It's It's the church's vaultus. The church's vaultus. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, Michelle, Joe has presented his answer and his answer is... Churches Voltus. Well, Michelle, that is certainly an answer. Um, What do you think? Is he tricking you? Is he trying to deceive you? Uh, Is he a truth or a liar? (laughs) Michelle, let me know.
1: Trying? No, but stop. I would say that's false because I haven't heard of that one, but that doesn't mean anything. But I'll just say false. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Way to go, Michelle! <laughs> uh, three uh, for
3: three over here. Uh, okay.
0: In, As, in my defense, though, the
3: correct answer mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the Church secular, of the Holy secular. Sepulcher. Church of the yeah, Holy Sepulcher. Sepulcher yes, right, yes, go Mich- Mich- see, didn't Michelle. See, Michelle even knew that. it. She didn't even need me to tell yeah, her. Especially. She knew the answer. Okay, true,
0: <laughs> however, comma, in my defense, there are lots of like churches that are have more sort of practical mm. names, like uh, mm. St. Peter in Chains. Right. That's true. It's that's named St. Peter in Chains because, because literally Saint Peter it was, in was Chains. on top of the place <laughs> where St. Peter was in Chains. But the sepulcher means... <laughs> so, prove to me tomb. that it so, wasn't Church of the first tomb.
3: called Church's Vaultus. Well, prove the, that uh, <laughs> the word <laughs> sepulcher that mm-hmm. refers to mm-hmm. a uh, place of rest or a tomb. Sure. So, the Church of the Tomb. Sure
0: it does. So... Uh, You're just agreeing with Michelle. There you go.
3: Way to go, Michelle. Because Michelle knew. She's a Mm -hmm. wise, brilliant... Young, you know how uh, I know you what you're saying is uh, true because she never once admitted it is, you were correct. Well, she, I know that because she said you were incorrect, was what I was gonna say, <laughs> but now you're gonna go over here and twist it against me. I see how it is. All okay. right,
0: Michelle, your Christmas uh, lights are still up, right? They're still shining very brightly right now. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, they'll be for 12 days. Yeah, yes,
0: yeah. annoy those neighbors show. as much as possible. Another way to look at it is you are the first in your neighborhood to be ready for Christmas season in 2023. So, congratulations. Yep. <laughs> congratulations, make sure to stay on the line. All right, Michelle, you Thank were a lot of fun. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, if you could pass that message off to Justin, I'd be very grateful <laughs> to you. Because I want to buy their boots. But man, their soles just wear out too fast. God love you, very Michelle. Good. Have a great day. That's going to do it for the radio side of our program today. We survived it nonetheless. And Tomorrow on the program, we have uh, more Christmas tradition coming your way. Also, Gavin Ashton's going to be on the show later this week. He is the convert. He was a bishop in the Anglican Church. He's going to be commenting on the King's speech this week. Also, Al Smith and Fulton Sheen is on the agenda. So a lot of great programming lined up for you. Do join us and share us with a friend. We would be grateful. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you in the after show.
2: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
4: The Guadalupe Radio Network
2: now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi
3: in Corpus Christi, Texas.
8: Home of the Salt community, you can see more information at salt.net. Today we continue in the Octave of Christmas as we celebrate the Feast of St. John Apostle and Evangelist. This Mass is offered for the intentions of our online viewers and all those listening through Guadalupe Radio. This is John, who reclined on the Lord's breast at supper, the blessed Apostle, to whom celestial secrets were revealed, and who spread the words of life through all the world. This is John, who reclined on the Lord's breast at supper, the blessed Apostle, to whom celestial secrets were revealed, and who spread the words of life through all the world. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. This is John, who reclined on the Lord's breast at supper, the blessed apostle to whom celestial secrets were revealed, and who spread the words of life through all the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Today we celebrate the feast of St. John, one of our Lord's 12 apostles. He lived in the first century, growing up in Bethsaida on the Sea of Galilee in the Holy Land. He was the brother of St. James the Greater, one of the sons of Zebedee. He was chosen as one of our Lord's 12 apostles. It was one of the, the three that was, was, uh, was one of, always listed first in the group of twelve, together with Peter and James, present at our Lord's raising of the daughter of Jairus, present at the Transfiguration, close to him in the Garden of Gethsemane. First, after our Lord's resurrection, John uh, ministered and led one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem, there in Judea, and then later on, perhaps in the late 60s, moved to Ephesus. He composed his gospel, received the book of Revelation, and also composed the three letters. He died in the late years of the first century. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Gloria in excelsis Deo et in terra pacts BONE VOLUNTATIS laudamus TE BENEDICIMOS TE adoramus TE GLORIFICAMOS TE GRACIAS agimus TIBI PROCTER MANIAM GLORIAM TUAM Domine de gus tres celestis, de gus pate Domine pohotens, Domine filiguni genite, Christe, Domine de gus Dei, degi, filiguhus Qui toldis peccata undi, Miserere nobis. Qui toldis peccatam undi, Suscipe de precazione nostra. Qui sedes ad exteram patris, Miserere nobis. Quoniam tu solus sanctus, tu solus host to tu solus ahattigis s Jesucu Christe, cum santo spiritu, in gloria de pa hatris. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who through the blessed Apostle John have unlocked for us the secrets of your word, grant, we pray, that we may grasp with proper understanding what he has so marvelously brought to our ears. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
5: A reading from the beginning of the first letter of St. John. Beloved, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerns the word of life. For the life was made visible, we have seen it and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was made visible to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim now to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, for our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing this so that our joy may be complete. The word of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord, you just. The Lord is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many isles be glad. Clouds and darkness are around him. Justice and judgment are the foundation of his throne rejoice in the lord you just the mountains melt like wax before the lord before the lord of all the earth the heavens proclaim his justice and all the peoples see his glory rejoice in the lord you just light dawns for the just and gladness for the upright of heart be glad in the lord you just and give thanks to his holy name rejoice in the lord you just
8: Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as Lord. The glorious company of apostles praise you. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb and we do not know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. The Gospel of the Lord. St. John the Apostle, We hear from him in his gospel, as well as in his letters, and in the book of Revelation. And I've wondered whether, as we listen to him, whether we're also hearing in a special way the influence of the words of someone else, that being the Virgin Mary. For we remember that as our Lord Jesus was upon the cross, that there next to him, there at the foot of the cross, among those present, were St. John and the Virgin Mary. And he said to St. John, "'Behold your mother,' And from that day, he took Mary into his own. We may well imagine that they spent many, much time together over the years that remained of her life, and that he listened well to her, and that perhaps we are especially hearing her voice through his, having listened so well to her. When he writes such words as, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt his, and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerns the word of life. We hear St. John and perhaps we hear the Virgin Mary, she who touched Christ very much, and also pondered all these words in our heart. When St. John writes to us, it seems to me that he gives to us a very you-are-there quality, perhaps including in the way that he seems to refer him to himself as the beloved disciple, as if he is saying to us, you know, it's not just me, it's, it's you too, so that you and I can hear that and can he's inviting us, I think, to put ourselves in that place. So it is that you and I are invited to be the beloved disciple resting up against Jesus, asking him a question in the midst of the Last Supper. You and I are invited to be at the foot of the cross receiving the Virgin Mary into our own. You and I are invited to run with Peter to the empty tomb to let him go in first, but then to go in and see the cloths and believe. You and I are invited to be there on the Sea of Galilee to recognize in that stranger on the shore the Lord. It is the Lord. As John puts us right there in the middle. He speaks to us about the Holy Trinity, shows us in a vivid way the relationship between the Father and our Lord Jesus, His only begotten Son. He speaks about the sending of the Holy Spirit. John puts us there right in the middle as he describes the sacraments in a very vivid way. Baptism and the Eucharist, confession and so many more. puts us right there and he invites us to receive life and love and to believe in faith so that we may have life so that we may have joy you are there what was from the beginning what you and I have heard what we have seen with our eyes we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerns the word of life we've seen it and testified to it We proclaim to you that you may have fellowship with us, so that you may believe, so that you may have life, so that your joy may be full. Brothers and sisters, let us direct our prayer to the Son of God, who revealed his mysteries to the disciple whom he loved. And let us ask him to listen with love to the voice of those who call upon him. That the example of St. John, who left the fishing nets and his father to follow Christ, may inspire the faithful to abandon the tossing sea of worldly worries and seek the peace of the Lord's kingdom. Let us pray to the Lord. That he who was from the beginning and has will to dwell among us may reveal himself to men and women and be welcomed in faith by those who do not yet know him. Let us pray to the Lord. That those who suffer in body or in spirit may experience during these days of Christmas the peace and love that Christ has brought to the world by his birth. Let us pray to the Lord. That as we meditate during these days upon the mystery of the birth of Christ, we may grow in our union with the Father and with the Son, Christ the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, hear the prayers of your church and grant that, illuminated by the teachings of the Apostle and Evangelist St. John, she may come to penetrate your mysteries and fulfill the commandments you have revealed to us through Christ our Lord.
9: In royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed, Where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was that mother mild, Jesus Christ, her little child. He came down to earth from heaven, Who is God and Lord of all. AND HIS SHELTER WAS A STABLE AND HIS cradle WAS A STALL WITH THE POOR AND MEAN AND LOWLY LIVED ON EARTH OUR SAVIOR HOLY AND OUR EYES AT LAST SHALL SEE HIM THROUGH HIS OWN REDEEMING LOVE FOR THAT CHILD SO DEAR AND GENTLE IS OUR LORD IN HEAVEN ABOVE And he leads his children on to the place where he
8: is gone. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Sanctify the offerings we have made, O Lord, we pray, and grant that from the banquet of this supper we may draw the hidden wisdom of the eternal world, just as from this same source you revealed it to your Apostle John, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, a new light of your glory has shone upon the eyes of our mind, so that as we recognize in Him God made visible, we may be caught up through him in love of things invisible. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Degus Abahot, plenis unce terra gloria tua. Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, vi venit in nomine domini, hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness, Misterium Fidegi, Mortem Tugua, Annunciamus Doho Homine, Et Tuam Resurrectionem Confitegemur, Doho Nec Venigias. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, Miserere no hobbies on your ki we mundi Miserere no hobbies on your ki peccata mundi dona nobis pace. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and from his fullness we have all received.
9: Those who cannot receive communion, or those joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, we invite you to pray with us the act of spiritual communion. The little Lord Jesus, the stars in the bright sky. Look down where the little Lord Jesus sleep ON THE HAY THE CATTLE ARE LOWING THE BABY AWAKES BUT LITTLE LORD JESUS NO CRYING HE MAKES I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky and stay by my side until morning is
8: nigh. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, That the word made flesh, proclaimed by the blessed Apostle John, may through this mystery which we have celebrated ever dwell among us through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Amen. Redentoris Mater, que per via li portamanes, et stella maris, succure cadenti, surcere qui populo, tuque genuisti, natura mirante, tuhum sanctum genitore. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael,
3: the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection... Hey there, if you're not a Catholic, thank you so much for listening.